So there's this moment in the, uh, in the life and the teaching of, of Jesus and where are we going with the slides? Um, there we go. Let's go back one. Right there. Start over. There's this moment in, uh, in the life of Jesus and his disciples. And know this. It's a moment when they've seen incredible things happen. They've seen Jesus walk on water. They've seen... Uh, Crowds of thousands fed with just a basket full of food. They've heard the teaching of Jesus, and they've heard the people, the religious leaders of the day, ask over and over again, we demand to see a sign. We need some proof. We need to know that this man is who he says he is. We need to figure out exactly who he is. And so knowing that there's all these different ideas about Jesus, that he could be a prophet or or that he could be a uh, charlatan, or that he could truly be the Messiah. Knowing that there's some question, Jesus has gathered his followers, his closest followers together. And he has a question for them, and and he's not just being difficult. He he doesn't intend to just be uh, some sort of gadfly, asking them a question that, uh, you know, he's meant to stir them up. But he seriously wants to know. He seriously wants to know, who do you say that I am? And he's heard what all the others have said and all of their different answers. But he wants to know from them, how do you think of me? And it's, it's Peter, who's, who's actually, his, his name is Simon, son of Jonas. He's called Peter because of this moment. He speaks up and he says, you are the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Peter's very sure about that. He doesn't quite understand everything that that means, but he's got that much right to begin with. And so Jesus responds to him and says that he's blessed. He gives him a blessing. He's blessed because he has gone to a source that gives him that answer. And he says to Peter, This is where he gets his name. He says, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. It's that same man, Simon Peter, who decades later, to another generation of Christians, who could have said, I am the rock upon which the church is built. Because of that encounter with Jesus. He could have been the one to say, I am the founder of this church. I am the one who's responsible for the future and the continuation of this church. I'm a very important man. But instead, in his letter to Christians, he says, I'm not the cornerstone and foundation of the church. The cornerstone and foundation of the church is the one who gave me this name. That is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Jesus Christ. And so it's from Peter that we get this statement. It's one of the sources where we get this statement that Christ is the cornerstone. We've sung about that this morning. It's in our songs. What do we mean when we say that? I want to invite you to turn to Peter's letters. Uh, It's 1 Peter. He's got two letters for Christians. We're going to go to the first one. 
And he's sharing a truth with a generation of Christians about who they are. And he lets them know that if they want to know who they really truly are, they need to know who they are in Jesus Christ. And we're going to come back to this text over the next few weeks. So this isn't the first time or the last time you'll see this text. And I want to, we'll get something new from it every time. But I want to encourage you to read it in the meanwhile. But let's just listen to what God says through Peter. Chapter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, that means Christ, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, the stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. And as I said, we'll, we'll keep coming back to this Scripture. Oh wait, we're not done. Uh, Once you were not a people, says Peter, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay, that section right there. We will keep coming back to that, but today it's appropriate for us to uh, focus on three questions, just three questions that we can take out of this for today. Those three questions will be this, what is our foundation? The foundation for our faith, the foundation for our salvation and our hope. We've sung about it, we've sung about being saved, we've come around the Lord's Supper table. Where do we really place our trust second question what is our position we're all we all have positions on many things how do you ever determine what your position is on anything there's something to be said from this text about that and finally what is our purpose we're going to look at each one of these uh so what is our foundation you know, in, in this idea of the cornerstone, in ancient buildings, the cornerstone was massive. Um, here, here's, a, here's a picture of, of one of these in ruins, but you can see the uh, explorers here who are very proud of what they found. This is a foundation stone. And you can see that this stone is much larger than these individuals. This one is larger than any of the others. So this foundation stone creates a firm foundation for that building like we've sung about today. Um, these things are so large, in fact, 
that it's amazing how they get set into place, especially in ancient times. It's so amazing that it always causes you know, certain people to say it, they had to have help from extraterrestrials. Because yeah. ancient people couldn't have done that. Uh, they didn't have cranes. They, they didn't have high-tech equipment like we do. But here's the one thing about a foundation stone. A foundation stone always points you to the fact that that stone just didn't walk there by itself. But that that stone was placed there by someone. And that stone was placed there to give a footing to the building that will be built up upon it. Did you notice in the scripture it says, we, as we come to him, the cornerstone or the foundation stone, we are what? We are being built. Not we're building God's temple. It doesn't say we come to the cornerstone and we've decided that since it looks so good, we're going to build a house for God. It says that you and I are like the smaller stones on top of that foundation stone. We're being built, which begs the question, who is the builder? I heard a brilliant statement this week. Um, and, and when he gives me permission to tell you who said this, I'm, I'm going to give him credit. But uh, the, the, the question, the statement was, uh, sometimes uh, we focus too much on Jesus Christ. That sounds controversial, doesn't it? Such a wonderful statement, I thought, i got to know what that means. Because I know the person that said it to me. What it means is, when you focus on Jesus Christ, sometimes we can forget that there is God the Father behind Jesus Christ. Christ is the cornerstone. He's been established like that very large rock so that the other rocks can be built up upon it, so that the other stones can be placed upon it. Who put the cornerstone there? Who anointed Christ? Peter knew the answer to that. He said, the son, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. We often say that our foundation is the Word of God. There's truth in that. But the Word of God will point you back to Jesus Christ. The whole point of the Word of God is not to give us just a plan, but to give us the one who is the foundation. And Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, will point us back to the living God. It's all taking us back to the Creator. And by the way, it's not an either-or choice, it's all the above. God is the builder who placed the cornerstone, and He's building us. Don't take that for granted, okay? Don't take that for granted because I tell you, it, it, it's very tempting for us to get dis distracted. Uh, it's not only tempting, but it just happens. We can get distracted so that we start placing our hope and our confidence in our ability to impress God. Or we can place our hope and our ability or confidence in our ability to impress God, and it leads us to depression, and it leads us to fear because we worry that we're not doing enough. And if our confidence is in our own ability, even in our church, we won't have much confidence. You've got to be based on the foundation stone that is Jesus Christ. Notice what the Scripture said in 1 Peter. We're being made into a spiritual house that's acceptable, acceptable to God. How is it that we are acceptable to God? Through Jesus Christ. When we answer the question, what is our foundation? We need to have it 
firmly rooted in us, our firm foundation, our our confidence in worship needs to come from the fact that you and I are here, not because we earned our place here, but because it was given to us by God through His grace, through what He did in Jesus Christ. And, and, and if, if we can understand that, that's what's going to inspire us to share that message with others. What is our foundation? Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. Leads to the second question then. Second question is, what's our position? You know, these days a cornerstone is more ceremonial. Not as functional as it used to be in ancient buildings. So it's very common that you'll see cornerstones similar to this image, where uh, maybe even a church says Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. That's good. That's a good sentiment to put on your cornerstone. That There will often be other information in a cornerstone. Sometimes people put time capsules into a cornerstone. And what's really interesting is those sort of cornerstones can be removed from the edifice. An actual cornerstone cannot be removed, one that's actually doing the job of a cornerstone, because it holds the building together and sets the building right. An actual cornerstone is set, and it's square, and it's true, so that it will shape the position of everything else. We tend to think of cornerstones as optional items that are decorative, and then we can build anything else around it. We can even run the gutter pipe around it in a pretty interesting way, like they did in this picture. Yeah. But whatever you want there, as long as you got a nice little inscription on your cornerstone. I want that image to be something of a, of a symbol to us. That we can give lip service to the idea that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, but if it doesn't really truly shape our positions, then we haven't really made Christ the cornerstone. You and I always get asked about our position on various items, on various things. Maybe religious things. Maybe just our position on politics. Maybe our position on different events or issues that are happening. Maybe our position on where we stand with friends and others, depending on what they're going through. How do any of us determine our position? If we get very literal about this and think of the position of the other stones in relationship to the cornerstone... Then, then it is the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, that shapes our positions. When we get asked this question about our position, one of the things that can make us very nervous is we don't want to be wrong. I mean, no one wants to be wrong. Uh, oh, I'm sure you could think of some example you know, and prove that I'm wrong when I say something like that. But I want to be right when I say that we always want to be right. And you like to be right, too. We all like to be right. And often our faith, we, we come to it thinking, okay, the, the, the exercise or the task of our faith is to get right on certain things. There's truth in that. There's truth in that. But when it comes to being right, is that one of those things about following Christ? Is that one of those callings about being a disciple that we trust in Christ, or again, have we become self-reliant? Do we even feel like God has left us this impossible task to not only get our life right, 
But the elders, ministers, and members of this church are responsible for making sure that every other person in here is right also. And so you have this, instead of the disciples of Christ, you have this large gathering of of hall monitors who are running around with orange jackets making sure that everybody is keeping the rules. And that's not what Christ called us to. He called us to trust in Him. Here's where the cornerstone image helps us again. When you, I know this much about putting together a brick wall. You're going to have some kind of guide. In ancient times, it was a cornerstone. It was one good stone that was, was in every one of the three dimensions. It was square. It was true. It was plumb. Everything about it was right. And so you move all the other bricks into position to that cornerstone. You can even then build off the cornerstone and you can get all of your other leveling equipment going. You know, in modern times, we have tools, devices like levels. Uh, The plumb bob's actually a very ancient device, but you have that string. But if you ever see a... um, Uh, someone putting together a brick wall, they're going to position those stones. And and here's something I want you to think about. It It is not the brick's responsibility to get it right, is it? The brick doesn't show up on the pile there with a lot of mortar put on it and have to, you know, wiggle itself in. I mean, we'd put, we'd put bricklayers and masons out of business if that was the case, you know. Here come these little bricks, and hey, I've got to get in position here. They've got to be put into position. And I know that we are living stones who come to the cornerstone, and yet that doesn't deny the existence of the builder. The builder makes the stones right. I wonder if there's a way we can consider that as we live and work and grow together, that all of us have to come to the cornerstone and all of us have to trust that the builder, God, is going to put us together. If, if that is true, if there's some benefit of that, then I want to suggest to you, and I think we can find this in the teaching of Christ, I think we can find this in the teaching of Scripture, in more places than just First Peter 2, I want to suggest to you that the best thing we can do, because it is good for us to be right. We want to be right by God's definition of right. But the best thing we could do, the first step in being right, is to be humble. To have humility. And it's not, and, and the first lesson we learn is, I'm not just going to be right, I want to be made right. When you look at scriptures like Romans 6, Romans 4, we do not justify ourselves before God. God, through His grace and mercy, justifies us. And justification has to do with being made right. Just like you do when you're working on on, on, uh, one of your word processing programs, and you can justify your text to the left, to the right, or both sides, you justify it, meaning that you line it up. Brothers and sisters, let me encourage you to begin today, at least with the idea of thinking, 
it's not going to be my goal to be right all the time. I'm going to make it my goal to be made right by God. And if you will have that focus, I promise you, you're going to be more content. You're going to be happy. You're going to, you're going to relieve a lot of stress for yourself if you will humble yourself to be made right. Now think about those bricks and think about God as the builder. As long as that mortar is soft, as long as that mortar is squishy, he can nudge that brick, he can move that brick. And I know it seems weak to say that, wait a second, we're not supposed to be soft and squishy. No, I'd say for the most part, no. But in God's hands, you do want to be soft and squishy. Jeremiah 18 is the parable of the potter, and the prophet Jeremiah goes and sees the potter making a clay pot. And when that clay does what the potter wants it to do, he can shape it into something useful. But when that clay fights back, when that clay is too dry and hardened, he has to pound it back into a lump and make it soft again. As long as that mortar is wet, as long as that mortar is yielding, the brick mason can move those bricks and put them right where he wants them and make it look good, make it good, make it strong, make it useful. But when that mortar sets and when that mortar is no longer yielding, you have to chip the brick out, maybe even waste it. The best thing we can do to shape our position is to be humble before God. Notice what Peter said. As you come to him, the living stone, we go to the cornerstone to be shaped, to be aligned, to be made right. What's our position on anything? Well, let's go to the cornerstone and get in line with Christ. Leads us to the last question. What then is our purpose? Every building that's built has a purpose. And here he says that the purpose is uh, we are being built into a spiritual house. It's really the image of a temple. He says you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The purpose of the building project that God is doing through us is to have a place where His Holy Spirit can dwell. To have a living temple. You know, in the days of Solomon, in the days of ancient Israel, God's Spirit was found in the temple, in Jerusalem. But God's Spirit couldn't be contained there. And the new word, the good news is, is that that Holy Spirit then is found among us. Both as individuals, but also as a community. In 1 Corinthians, you'll find two different descriptions of the Spirit for God, or the temple for God's Spirit. On one occasion, it refers to individuals. On another, it refers to all of us. So not only does that mean that we take care of our physical bodies, it means also that we take great care of the fellowship that we have with one another. You know, sometimes we will punch holes in the house of God and not even think about it. Have you ever known somebody punch hole in their own house? You know, 
They get angry. Maybe some of you have done that. I'm not casting stones, okay? But after a while, you've got to stop and you've got to think, you know, you're just making more work for yourself, you know, when you do that. You're just tearing up a place that you own. What's the point? Well, what's the point of the kind of holes that we bust up in God's house sometimes? When we refuse to get along with our brothers and sisters. When we decide that we're going to hold a grudge forever. When we decide that we're going to withhold the gifts and the offerings that we can give because we don't like what other people are doing. You're not giving to me. You're not giving to those things. You're giving to God. We're tearing up God's house. It doesn't make any sense, does it? And once again, I think we're going to be happier. We're going to be healthier. We're we're, we're going to be blessed when we realize that God has given us not just a structure like this, but he's given us a spiritual house. And you and I are the living stones that make up that house. And we're blessed to have his spirit dwell within us. We'll come back to these ideas. But for now, three questions. What's our foundation? What's our position? And what is our purpose? As you live with this text for the next week, if you live with this scripture, and, and, and as you come to the, to the cornerstone, the living cornerstone that is Jesus Christ, how will he give you a sense of hope and confidence? What hope and confidence could you have in Christ today? Everyone who's been baptized into Christ has been aligned to the cornerstone. Sometimes there's a little settling back into the world and we have to be adjusted. But again, the builder can make us true. The builder can set us right. That builder is God. What's our position on so many different things, you're going to be asked that. Are you in Christ? Start there. Start there with what is your position on the cornerstone. And if you're wondering what it's all about, because all of us ask that question about purpose, you've been called to be his disciple, to be built into a spiritual house for his spirit. Yes, you. I know sometimes we disqualify ourselves. We say, you, you don't know. God's Spirit can't live in me. There's so many things that I've done. Hey, the builder's the one that makes you right. Once again, is your confidence in your ability to clean yourself up or is your confidence in His ability to make you right? While we sing this song, again, we're going to affirm all of that hope and confidence that we have in Jesus Christ. But this is also an opportunity for you to build one another up, for us to be that spiritual house. We'll have some of our shepherds here willing to pray with you. We'll have shepherds in room 100 willing to pray with you. And if you want to come to the living stone that is Jesus Christ, why don't you let us know that this morning? Let's stand. Let's sing that, Lord, I need you now.